ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. We are currently in our series, Echoes, where we discuss evangelism. We hope you enjoy. Please share with your friends and family. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, we got a whole crew with us. Uh, we have my wife, Avery. Hello. We have Josh. Hello. Kayla. Hi. And our special guest is the one and only J.R. Aspenwall. Hey, y'all. All right. And so um, just to kick us off, uh, J.R. gave a little bit of a, a overview of where we are on the Building for Tomorrow project here. Um, and he kind of talked a, a little bit about it, gave us the um, you know analogy of, of the race uh, the uh, and everything going through that. That 24 hour, have you ever been, um, this is just a, you know, what I thought about as you were talking through it. Have, have you ever been to a, uh, a race, like a NASCAR race or anything like that? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of them. I was thrown out to everybody too. So have you guys been to a, a NASCAR race or anything like that? I was one when I was about seven years old. I remember like the first two laps and then waking up with my stepdad carrying me to the car. So somehow I fell asleep there. Oh, like they're, okay. they're loud. So I, uh-huh. I was really bored. <laughs> no, I've never been to one. No? No. Okay. So, JR, you, you're the only one we have um, to to say. Avery, have you been to one? No, Sorry. I haven't. Okay. Yeah. I, I not much to add on that topic. <laughs> you know. JR, tell us a little bit about that, like, analogy that you made, and then, um, yeah, how was the NASCAR race that you've been to, or many ones? Uh, well, so the analogy, that's pretty important because that really can apply to Christianity in, in general because— the 24-hour race, I mean, think about that. You're racing the car for 24 hours. Now, it's split among three, four drivers, but it's the okay. same car, the same parts, everything, and you're going to last for 24 hours. So, you don't win it in the first race. You don't even win it the, or I'm sorry, you don't win it the first hour. You don't even win it the last hour. You win it every hour. And to me, that's that's a pretty compelling thing. Now, I don't know that I could sit there and watch it for 24 <laughs> hours because they yeah. race overnight, but you contrast that with going to an indie race Formula One race, NASCAR race, and it's all—it's more of a sprint race. Now, some of the longer 500-mile races, yeah, they're kind of like endurance, but yeah, that's that's something to race for 24 hours. I didn't even know that was a thing until today. So that's that's crazy. Oh, 24 hours yeah. straight, the cars are just running. Yeah. How how uh, long do each car like driver ride for? Um, Is it like in three-hour segments or? It, it depends. Um, yeah, so they they usually set it up where there's there's a driver that takes like the night shift, and usually kind of the well known driver uh, will will kind of like start and then end the race. But then yeah, they they'll few out three four hours five hours. I mean usually after about six hours you're kind of that's that's hard to sit in a car and have that level of performance for six hours. The only uh, driver I can think of is Lightning McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure he, he, he can does, do a 24 hour race. He does the full thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he do the full thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I think that's a, that's a good analogy cause we can kind of, uh, get a little bit, um, just distracted with this whole building for tomorrow project. It's like, we ran the whole campaign, did the pledges. And then now it's like the waiting time of, you know, all the, like you talked about today, all the drawings, all the extra things need to go in place. But it's like, you know, from the people that are in the church, it may, may see like, all right, is, are things actually moving forward? It's just it's a long process, especially like a building of that size. It's like, you're going to, it's going to take a while for it to, to come through, um, not to throw you on the spot or anything, but is what is like the estimated 
um, like date of completion. Do so, you guys have that? So we're hoping that the first service will be Christmas of twenty five. Okay. So that's think that's a whole year and eleven months away. So okay. That's yeah. It's it's an endurance race. That's right. <laughs> So uh, we're going to uh, kick off it talking about the sermon today. Today is the the second part of the Echo series. Uh, Pastor Tom gave us a, a good message today, kind of talking about evangelism again here and uh, going through those five uh, categories or approaches um, that he gave. But uh, he kind of kicked off the the sermon talking about the two different types of, of judgments. And, um, you know, that was something that stood out to me there. The first one being, you know, revealing you know, your true characters revealed. And then the second one was more of that white throne judgment. Did, did anything stand out to you guys there talking about the, the judgments? I mean, it's definitely, um, it's, I mean, that, that topic is easy to gloss over because it's not comfortable to listen to. So like just listening to those, I, I think I was like, I need to turn my ears off for this part. Like I automatically want to kind of back away from that probably because it's hard to fully understand it. You know, you can't wrap your head around it. I'm the opposite. Every time I hear the judgment stuff, I'm always like instantly, yeah, I'm not going to pass. Yeah, right. Like, I don't think there's really anything I can do to make me think I would pass. I'm just instantly, yeah, I'm going to the brimstone, but hopefully I can set my kids up so they go higher than me. But I'm always like, I'm negative, I'm going down. Yeah, I think that's a personal struggle like um i think it's natural just like he talked about when he was a teenager and he talked about how you know we always be asking he'd always be asking for salvation each week because it's like i'm that person i think everyone identifies that way where it's like i'm not good enough and that's where you know the grace of jesus and the cross comes it's uncomfortable because it brings you face to face with your own sin nature yeah, and you have to be—you have to turn and look towards the the grace that God gives you. I mean, on a daily basis. But yeah, that's what I, I think. What you're saying, man, you you look at it, and you're like, oh man, I fall short in so many different ways in so many different areas, and it's it's a it's a humbling thing to think about it, but it's also good to think about it. Yeah, I think it's—I don't know—I think it's hard to, um at least in our culture, like it's easy to, you know, lean towards like, you know, how he suggested like the healing and like the, the grace and like really lean into that. But then if you just go with that part, you forget like all of the characters of God and you miss like the full picture of who he is. And, and it's all for a greater purpose than we really understand. Like, so I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I think it's just one of those things that we gloss over of actually thinking about that there is going to be a a day of judgment. And so when we, you know, put that in in perspective, um, you know, he kind of talked about the fire and brimstone uh, sermons or, you know, talking about the no atheists in foxholes, you know, when when we are placed in those, um, you know, areas of like really, you know, narrowing it down and, and saying like, you know, this there's going to be a stressful time that this judgment is is going to come. When we put it in, in perspective, it kind of makes puts things in perspective in a different way rather than just, you know, going through our relatively comfortable lives. I mean, we have our needs met and everything, and we're just going through our, you know, daily tasks of, you know, posting on Facebook, looking at social media. We're, you know, just going to our jobs, doing the, the day-to-day things, but we don't 
often have that perspective that, you know, there is a heaven and a hell, they are real, and that there will be a judgment. And that is why it puts an importance on the evangelism that um, we talked about today. Um, I have questions about the two judgment. Um, Like, do you have the scriptures that go along with that? I can look them up. Or, I mean, is that something, you know, breaking down those two judgments? We'll add some music to <laughs> as we find the scripture. All right. So the the first one coming from Second uh, Corinthians five through ten, we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. So that's the first one. And then the next one he re- uh, references, um, and he uh, quotes from Matthew 3.12, he is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnow- winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into the barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. I feel like, JR, you would know the and break down the analogy of the chaffing and the fire. So, So that's where... The, the lost and the saved are separated, right? So if your name is found written in the book of Lamb's Book of Life, that means if, if you're covered by the, the blood of the Lamb, you're, you're good. You're weak. Yeah. If, if you're not, if you never, you never made that decision, you never decided to follow God, if you never trusted God for who he said he is and could do what he said he could do, then you're the chaff. You're chaff. What, is, what is chaff? It's kind of like the the husk on the wheat, like there's the the seed, and then kind of the like when you're almost like corn, like you've got the corn, and then you've got the the husk on the corn. That's like the, the chaff. So corn, we can either be corn or we can be husk. Yeah, yeah, but I think it just yeah, like I said, it puts it into this perspective of the seriousness of that judgment, and that you know that day will come and. We kind of gloss over, he talked about a little later, you know, the John 3.16, but then later on um, in John 3.36, he talks about, you know, the wrath of God and, um, you know, so how how we are, you know, evangelizing to those around us has weight and, you know, there is that real heaven and hell. Um, and so, you know, when we think about evangelism, um, what do you guys think of when you hear the word evangelism and does any, uh, who do you think of when you hear that word? Does anybody come to mind? Evangelism is just like getting recruitment, essentially, is what I think of recruitment for God, recruitment for God's kingdom. And I guess the first person to come to mind is always Paul and Saul. Yeah, I agree with that. The The number one person I think of is Paul. I mean, that's that was his whole brand was, you know, preaching to the Gentiles, you know, bringing them in. So, yeah, he's, he's probably the, the prototype example. Yeah, and so he gave us those, those five approaches. Um, let's just kick it off of which approach do you guys resonate with? He gave us those five approaches. We got Peter's confrontational approach, Paul's intellectual approach, the blind man's testimonial approach, Matthew's interpersonal approach, and the Samaritan woman uh, invitation approach. Um, Kayla, what, which one do you resonate with? Which approach? I would think the blind man just because of the fact that um, 
a lot of people I talk to are usually younger moms and they probably don't know so much about the Bible. So it's easier to give your testimony and explain like, hey, you know, like God is real. Like he does amazing things in your life. And, you know, you may not have a reason on why it just just happens because of God. So I feel like the evangelist approach of just being able to give a story, it helps people. Like he said, like you can go to like coffee shops or stuff like that. Like that's, you know, I feel like easier to speak to yeah, people that don't. And you, you guys have given your story up on the stage and it's like a very powerful story and kind of one that, you know, not a lot of people have, but you guys, um, you know, were able to kind of get blindsided by, by God and just being able to kind of show up and how it's changed you guys' lives. And it's so, funny because people say that to us all the time. Oh, it's a powerful story. It's a powerful story, but I don't think about it like that at all. I just think some guy showed up in my house and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, it was a lot of little steps, but yeah. not a lot of like big jumps. But it was yeah. all God. And I feel yeah, like, yeah. And I feel like explaining that to other people is, you know, God does because God does mm-hmm. and he will but show up for you. And I, I think, I think your story is, is, uh, interesting because you guys took an interaction from just a random guy and made steps in a direction that people, not a lot of people would even just, I feel like we have these conversations in life that we kind of just gloss over or we, this in, interactions that a lot of people just take for granted. And then, you know, looking back on it for this, this was a, you know, just a random interaction that you had with a guy, but it's, you know, changed your life. And so how many yeah. times do we just gloss over those in the day? Um, where it may have taken steps in a direction. We have life-changing conversations every day we just ignore. (laughs) No. And even in then, like, in that aspect, too, like, I found, I Facebook stalked the family, and I reached out to them, and I explained to them, like, you know what, you changed our life. And she explained, like, that was such a terrible time in our life. Yeah, they lost their home. It was... To the bank and everything, mm-hmm. bought it out of foreclosure. But they said that us coming and like telling them that showed us that God worked through their mm-hmm. suffering. They were so I'm in a full suffering. circle moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, me and Killer cried. <laughs> <laughs> we're also both like 21 <laughs> weeks right <laughs> They're like what a week apart. Four days. Four days apart. <laughs> we're looking at each other crying. Um, but I do think that's like I think for, um, you know, when you. I feel like I'm in situations where I'm, like, prompted to tell people or, like, I want to share. And I, I do a lot of, like, inviting, but I don't necessarily see, like, you know, the fruit of it. And I don't know what comes of it. But it's kind of inspiring. It's like, okay, just, like, keep getting out there. Because, like, for him, like, he doesn't know what was going to happen. And for a while, he didn't know. A long time. No, I literally reached out to him a week before we went on stage. So he didn't find out until like five years later that like him coming did change her life. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And so I think that like that's an encouragement for like the people who are like, you know, okay, am I going to be this crazy person? And like, I'm just going to share my heart here. And then they're going to be like, oh, you're like a sales pitch, you know, and you you don't want to feel that way. But then there's like, there's. I don't know. There's benefit to it of like yeah, taking I, risks. I feel like, and that like telling your story of like this just happened because because is such an easy. I don't want to say easy, but it is an easier approach to like approach to people in general. That's more the interpersonal thing, right? So yeah, she's, like, I shares like, our stories, yeah. so people like relate to you, and then they, oh, you know what? Um, it is a bigger picture thing. 
Yeah, but I'm curious how it is for guys because I feel like it's not as easy for other guys <laughs> to talk to each other as it is for like me and Eric girls. talk about our emotions all the time. <laughs> That's right. We talk about our feelings and we have a, a, a thread of talking. Go ahead, about, share so you the, guys can cry. <laughs> Josh, how about you? Which one did you um, um, resonate with? Well, in the sermon, he said that Peter was the facts, facts, facts guy, and I completely disagree with that. I don't think Peter was the facts, facts, facts guy. I think Peter is the yeah, this seems like good in the moment kind of guy. He just kind of jumped in and didn't think about things. And I feel like that's kind of who I am as a person. Like, that sounds like a good idea at the time. I'm going to jump in head first. Hopefully it works out. And so far it has for me. This is where we got, like, <laughs> I showed up to my house again. Hey, that's 50-50 chance. I'm going to get a piece of furniture. I'm going to be murdered. Went, took my shot, got the furniture, got salvation. Here we are. I don't think about things really when I should probably more having, like, kids but <laughs> i'm generally try to just follow my intuition and hope god's guiding me in the way i am or where i'm supposed to go which so far working out pretty well for me nice and so how about you jr <laughs> go ahead i know this answer but go ahead yeah so i'm, I'm more like paul and i being from georgia speaking with a strong southern accent i hesitate to say i'm the intellectual approach <laughs> but i'm gonna say it I, I just don't feel like i'm good on the fly I feel, I, I see, I'm, I'm glad you kind of saved me to the end because I was able to think about what I was saying. <laughs> uh-huh. But I like to be more methodical. I like to think it through. I like to have my thoughts organized. I like to have bullet points. I think there's a time and place for that. So when you have someone on your heart, let's say, like at work or whatever, that do you spend time thinking, like, how am I going to talk to them? How do I want the conversation to go? Absolutely. So um, How do you prepare for that? I... I I kind of watch them for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was getting weird. <laughs> no, just binoculars. <laughs> yeah, it took a turn. No, I, I think about it. I think about, okay, what's the appropriate timing? What's the appropriate scenario? What, what do I say? Can I, can I learn something about them to kind of work that in? And I, I just kind of form a case. And then when, when the opportunity is there, I, I, I go in for the conversation. And that's, it's interesting you ask that question because there's, there's many times folks at work, I see them and I'm like, now's not the time. I don't, I'm not sure when the time is. God will let me know when the time is, but I, and always the time shows up and I've got my bullet points ready to go. Praying for wisdom. Yeah, yes. I think that's a good insight just because I'm probably more like you, Josh, where I'm like, go off, you know. It feels good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this feels, oh, and, and I think there is something to be said about preparing and being thoughtful of like how you're going to approach. I think sometimes you can get in your, your in your head mm-hmm. at least and get in your own way. So like there's got to be probably a balance, but mm-hmm. I think that's that's cool. That's interesting. Michael Scott once said, you know, you miss ninety nine percent of the shots you don't take. Right. Gretzky, Babe Ruth, Michael Scott. <laughs> so you know what? I, I'm going to take those shots. And if I see someone that I'm, I've invited people to the church, and I don't think any of them have come, but I'm always like, you've had one. Hey, gotten one yeah okay but i've tried and it doesn't happen and it's fine i move on to the next one do what you got to do yeah i think you gave us the stat that 25 percent of the people would come to church if uh if they were invited and so just a little uh stat to think about with uh, easter coming up what are you what's your oh yeah what are you um I, you know, I, I feel like I, I fluctuate. I feel like I, I want to be more of the paul intellectual block approach but i get to a point where i don't feel like I have the answers. So sometimes I back away from that approach because um, sometimes the person I'm talking to, I feel like is 
smarter than me, and so uh, a lot <laughs> of the times, guy, and right? so um, no. But I, I I think that I'd I'd probably want to be more that one. But then um, you know I end up telling my my story, and then I I think there's a lot of overlap with uh, some of these approaches, and I think it depends on the person that you're talking to and how they're going to receive it, and so um, but. Yeah, the I like the one in for for um for like when I was in my my childhood there, you know, my my mom went through uh, a sickness that we really did not know how to understand um you know, her coming out on the other side of um of healing with it. And so that was like a story that I kind of relied on and um kind of looked back on as like I don't know really what happened with this, but it changed my life. And, you know, I saw like my mom grow closer to God and I saw my mom showing up to church and, you know, that was, um, you know, inspiring to me because this, this sickness, this, the story of, you know, being sick and then healing from it without any really medical understanding or medical explanation, it was, um, impactful for me. And it was kind of, kind of like that, the, the come and see approach. So that was something that I've relied on a little bit in my life, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're right. I think, you know, not getting too hung up, like, okay, I'm just this person. I'm just the invitate, like invitation person, or I'm just the intellectual. Like you can cross boundaries with, with all of them. But I would say that uh, Kayla and Avery, you guys have the more of the hospitality approach too. you guys bring people in your home all the time. We've got groups going on. You guys, you know, are hosting groups or have in the past. And so I feel like that's, something you guys both have for sure. Yeah, Kayla's always doing something. She always has, helping with moms, always always people uh, coming over and always like helping guide new people. She's fantastic. I love watching her do things. I love just looking at my wife. <laughs> so let's put JR on the spot. Which which approaches is Leslie there? Uh, for for those of you that don't know, Leslie's JR's wife. And so... Um, Let's go ahead and put you on the spot there. Yeah, Taylor. I'm going to reach, and I know she's going to listen to this, so i got to make sure I get it right. Um, she's more the, she, maybe a mix between the blind guy and the woman at the well, where she's very much like, look, I'm just going to tell you this. I can't explain it. But she's more, come and see. Come come with me. Come And I think, owing to her personality, people are just like, there is no woman, This there is no way this woman's trying to, pull one over on me. She's got to be telling the truth. I'm, I'm going to follow her. I think she's, she's onto something here. She's got that school teacher mentality. Yeah. Too. Like I just like trust, trust me. Her. Yeah. yeah. She's the sweetest person. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about like, you know, I talked about salesmen, like, you know, personality. And like, I have a lot of uh, friends who are part of Zeke's school, like moms who don't like go to church or they don't believe and I'm always like trying to like slip, you know, Jesus in conversation. And sometimes it feels natural. Sometimes it feels overkill. And I'm trying to, you know, you try to find that balance. But with Leslie, like there's a genuineness. And I think when you, when people sense that you're genuine, they don't feel threatened and they can receive like the gospel. And like, so I think that's like, I don't know, something to be said of like, okay, find like what your personality is and just like be genuine with how you approach it. Cause it's going to go much longer than you're trying to like tooth and nail I'm, the gospel out of your. I'm going to say it. The accent helps. Oh, <laughs> well, well, let me put it this way. There's a lot of times I go in a room and I, I can tell, you can read the room. I can see people's look on their face. They're like, okay, who's this cat? And then Leslie walks in and they're like, okay, he's legit. This is yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. 
I just love listening to Leslie, honestly. The accent. Yeah. Well, and Leslie is serving um, with me and Kayla in Embrace Grace. So we get to be with her every week. Mm -hmm. And she's like, um, I don't know, she feels like a mother bear to us. It's like, Leslie, you want to pray? Because she just knows, like, God literally speaks through her. Let me me tell you something. She is a good mentor. So when, when I pray... I want her number to show up on the caller ID in heaven. Mm. And yeah. man, when she prays, it's like, okay, God just stops and it's like, okay, Miss Leslie, what do you need? She's got a special connection. <laughs> yeah, we when we do, I'm like, what she said. <laughs> and that's like what I was thinking about when you're talking about the building plan. And it's like, you know, we're here throughout the week. Um, and man, it is like fighting to try and find a room. It I is. mean, people are like, no, this is my room. No, this is my room. Like, it happened to us this week. Yeah. And it's like, we're in the kids room where it's like the toddler toys. So like, I just, I'm dreaming of a space where like, we can have people come in and we'll have our own rooms. Oh, just keep saying that. I like to hear it. That's, yeah. that's what we're working towards. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think Pastor Tom kind of mentioned that at the end, you know, just, just being you, finding your unique way to, um, you know, go through, the evangelism approach that best fits you, but, you know, being genuine, I think that's like the the key to it. And, you know, it will come across as, you know, salesman-y or um, just not not very effective if, if you're not genuine in, in who you are and your approach. And so that's just something to, to keep in mind with it. Um, but we've got kickoff of, of groups coming up. Um, are there any groups that you guys are excited about? But um, before we, you know, I, I'm going to answer my own question before I ask you guys, but um, JR has been taking us through his What is Truth uh, course at our men's group on Friday mornings. And um, I'm not sure if that's going to be a group in the future or what does that look like? There's going to be a, a very, it's still going to be What is Truth. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking, Pastor Vaughn, when I say this, I'm kind of laughing. We're, we're going into like season two of it. So it's going to be uh, focused on uh, the Bible and why can we trust the Bible? Where did who wrote the Bible? What how was it compiled? What language was it written in? Basically, why do we stand on the Bible? Why do we stand on the written word that we have as as God's word? Do you think that class would be good for um, people who are exploring their faith, like they're not sure if they believe in Christianity or not? Uh, absolutely. So a lot of times when I'm sharing with people, I, I always fall back on Scripture. And some of the questions I get, well, how do you know that's true in terms of how do you know that that's actually really from God? And so it's important because we base pretty much everything we do on the, those books of the Bible. So we, we, we probably need to take a look at it and make sure that there's, it's something we can stand on. Any other groups that you guys are involved in or coming up that you guys want to plug here? I'm looking forward to getting our community group going back. Like we kind of missed this last season. We were all busy with life and everything. So it'll be nice to build that support network again. And yeah. Josh, you're starting a dad's group, right? Um, it's a work in progress. It's a work, work in, in progress. Yeah, yeah. that's coming soon. Test run. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a group that our community group itself is joining in with. It's called Family Fellowship. It's with um, Jordan and Chad Neer. And they meet... Um, the second and fourth Sunday. So if you have a small group, you will meet here with them on the second Sunday and we'll all be families together. And then the fourth, you meet with your own small group in your house. And we've kind of joined in with them and that starts um, next Sunday. Yeah, so it's like the parent of our child small group. So we're all going to come and be part of that one big small group family and break off into our smaller small groups. Right. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we um, are, I think t- today was the last week to sign up for groups, but uh, next week we'll be going into the three services. So uh, pick one and join us and Super Bowl Sunday too. So and Valentine's Day weekend, don't forget oh guys. Daytona 500 next week. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. So a lot of things to come up, but uh, thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye.